I've often thought about why people were so attracted to Jesus. And I think there's a, a lot of answers to that question. I mean, even up to today, billions of people have been fascinated with this man. But the thing that struck me as I was praying through the readings is what drew people to Jesus partially must have been his creativity. I mean, think about this. He tells these parables that are still around. That's 2,000 years they've survived. That's a creative storyteller. Or they come to him today and they say, teach us how to pray. And he comes up with this thing that is brand new. Never heard of before. And I got to think that when the apostles asked him how to pray, they were expecting that he was probably going to give them a psalm or quote something from the law or from Deuteronomy. But he doesn't. He does something that is incredibly new. Part of the reason they probably would have been expecting a psalm or something like that is because by this time in the history of the Jewish people, what they were really good at was memorizing and regurgitating scripture. In fact, that's what they predicated the entire like, life of a Jew on, is how good you could do that. Nothing was new. It was stale. And that's when Jesus comes into it and he does something different. Like radically different, totally unconventional. He was mocked for it and eventually put to death for it. Everything he was preaching was impossible until one day it was possible. The reason this came to my mind is because I recently ran across a study that blew me away. I don't know if you know this, but in NASA was formed in 1958. And the reason it was formed is because we as America were hell-bent on beating the Soviet commies to Russia. To Russia. To space. They were already in Russia. And so what they did is they formed this group of scientists and innovators and thinkers. And what they, they, they developed a test. They asked these two people, Dr. George Land and Dr. Beth Jarman, to develop a test that would gauge creativity and imagination. It was designed to identify the most creative people at NASA so they could put them on the hardest problems because they were the creative thinkers. Guess what? The test worked. And we won the space race. This got these researchers thinking, where does creativity come from? Are we born with it? Is it learned? Do we have to be taught? They decided that the test was very simple to take, and so why not use it on a different group of people? They had 1,600 children, five years old, that they tested. This is, I know we haven't done this for a while, but this is participation, okay? I'm gonna have you raise your hand, I'll call on you. Right. Of those 1,600 five-year-olds, what percentage do you think tested creative genius level? You're not raising your hands. You know how many times we got to go over this? 98. Who else? 100. Who else? You guys are very optimistic. Anybody else? Huh? I can't see your hand, for starters. And I'm not going to call on you. There we go. 85%. Actually, the first answer was right. 98%. We're creative genius level. Incredible. So they said this was so amazing that let's make a longitudinal study out of it. 
to see what happens as they're educated and their creative genius level. Five years later, you guys, these kids are 10 years old. They came back to the same 1,600 kids. They gave the same creativity test. Guess what percentage tested creative genius level? Raise your hands. What is so hard about this? 15. 50? 5 0. 30. Man, you guys just pessimistic. Huh? 12. Man, this is a sad crowd this morning. 30. 30%. You guys, in five years, 70% of the imaginative power in children was strangled because of education. So they came back and they did five years later. Now they're the big dogs moving into high school, 15 years old. Guess what percentage tested a creative level genius? Two? Man, we are really getting sad now. <laughs> Ten? Zero and one. Very happy morning. Twelve percent. Twelve percent of 15-year-olds. So then they said, this is insane. Is it, is it going to keep trending down or does it trend back up when you get to college? Because we must get smarter in college. So they did 280,000 adults. Two percent. Tested creative genius. 2%. And this is before iPads and social media. This is in the 60s and 70s. They concluded, Dr. Land wrote, what we have concluded from these studies is that non-creative behavior is learned. We're born creative. The most in-demand skill of the 21st century is creativity. And we have built an education system that kills it. The modern system is so concerned about getting through the books, getting the grade. And just because you get the grade doesn't mean you comprehend the subject. I went through Calculus 2 in college. You don't look that impressed. I went through Calculus 2. You know how much calculus I know? None. I can barely do addition and division. Which should scare you. Because I'm in charge of the budget. That's why we hire people. We cram people's heads full of knowledge. We get them memorize it and regurgitate it. I had a friend of mine, his father, Dan Hanley. When I was a first-year seminarian in Rome, he was a fourth-year. And I came to him like, how do you take these tests? Because what it is, is it's, a, it's an oral exam. So you go and you just one-on-one -on -one with the professor. And he's like, I'll give you an analogy, buddy. This is what I do. It's like I got a bucket and it's full of holes. And I fill it with water and I run as fast as I can to the professor and throw it on him. And we laugh, but it's true. Memorize, memorize, memorize. Everybody in the room better get the same answer. And if you don't get the same answer, something's wrong with you. How does that build creativity? That builds slaves. We're not forming creative geniuses. We're, we are replicating slaves of institutionalism. The whole system, you can read about it, is, it was designed to produce workers and consumers. That's it. Not creativity. More people are spending more time being schooled than ever before. We're spending more money than we've ever spent. And all of our scores are going down and dropout rates are going up. 
We spend a fortune on teaching kids trigonometry. They won't use it. They don't understand it. And they'll never use it again. We spend hours and hours forcing kids to read fiction books only to have them graduate and never read again. There's a study that just came out. 58% of students never read for pleasure after finishing school. Because once you associate reading a book with a test, the fun is gone. And yeah, you don't ever want to read again. We teach facts, but actual knowledge absorbed is minuscule. Because we're doing it the wrong way. Frederick J. Kelly developed a multiple choice test in the early 1900s. He himself said this. The multiple choice test is a lower order test for the lower order of learning. A few years later, as he saw how it played out in the system, he said, this is awful. We have to get rid of it. It's testing the wrong thing. Guess what happened? They fired him. And now this lower order thinking test is what SAT and ACT tests are almost exclusively modeled after. So here's the question that we all need to think about and wrestle with. Are, you, are we going to applaud, push, or even permit schools, including private ones, to continue the safe, it's very safe, but ultimately doomed strategy of churning out predictable, testable, mediocre humans? Or are we going to try something really different? Something unconventional. Something that people might look at and say, that's crazy. That doesn't meet state standards. That doesn't look like what we've always done. But it'll be new. And last time I checked, Jesus didn't do things the way things have always been done. In fact, in the line of Revelation, he says, Behold, I make all things new. We haven't done anything new in education. Actually, we have. I take that back. We've decided to teach that men are women and women are men. We did that. Sodom and Gomorrah did that too. Didn't work out so well. This last month, I took an online course in Montessori methodology and philosophy. I figured if I'm running a Montessori school, I better continue to have continuing education on the method. What struck me more than anything about that class and about when I go into that school is creativity. The ability to be creative, to, to imagine. Montessori education is designed to form and construct the child's imagination. Dr. Montessori really believed that the imagination was the faculty that gave us creativity. It's our greatest power. It's what makes us different. And we're destroying it. She defined the imagination as the power that instructs the intelligence. And she wasn't the only one that thought imagination was very important. Albert Einstein once said, imagination is far more important than knowledge. Why? Because it gets us to think about things. To solve problems. You want to hear some modern day professional businessmen that were Montessori trained? Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon. Larry Page and Sergey Brin, founders of Google. Steve Wozniak, co-founder and the brains behind Apple. Jimmy Wales created Wikipedia. Mark Zuckerberg invented Facebook. Because they thought differently. They looked at a problem and they didn't throw up their hands and say, what am I going to do about it? That's why I think we're stuck right now as a culture. We're so taught that we all have to come up with the same answer that nobody can think outside the box. 
If we want to see children actively seeking more, initiating their own tasks, asking questions and looking for answers, you have to ignite the imagination. And that's what Montessori education is all about. Imagination is the greatest power of the human person, and we as a society are killing it. But not here. Not at Christ the King. Igniting the imagination, letting the children explore the cosmic universe. But when you do something that big, you guys, you need help. In fact, even Jesus had the 12 apostles. Two years ago, we had 62 kids in our school. Next year, we're going to have 158. When I first got here, I said, I will turn no one away because of financial problems for tuition. And I stick to that, and it's a hard promise to keep. This last year, we gave over $100,000 in tuition assistance. Not to mention the cost as we continue to grow of making more materials, setting up rooms, maintaining current buildings, rising inflation. And if we keep trending the way we are with our new high school, in three to five years, we're going to have to build a new building. These are good problems. They're exciting. But I need your help. You have always supported our mission of education. For over 120 years, this school has been changing hearts and minds and continues to do so. And what we need more than ever right now is creative geniuses. People that can look at problems and solve them. Children are literally being indoctrinated with the lies of our culture. Their imaginations are being crushed by the education system and morals are seemingly taught nowhere. Everyone complains. What can I do? I'm going to tell you this morning. You can support the heck out of that. You can give until you can't give anymore. You can give the tuition assistance program. You can buy materials for rooms. You can support us in any way possible. I'm begging you. But also pray. Ask the Father, as Jesus says in the Gospel, who knows how to give good gifts to his children. Because that's something we do that Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all those, they never got. That's why Cardinal Newman said, you can very easily, if you don't form the whole person, you very easily create very smart devils instead of very stupid ones. We form the whole person. Help us build and educate the next generation who needs it more than ever. And maybe, just maybe, we can make what seems right now impossible, possible.